chat. Bobby, welcome. How's it going, guys? Good. Good to be with you, uh, Jimmy. We're excited. Um, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, know a lot about you. You you cover some ground. And, uh, <laughs> and not only uh, CyberQP we really love, but just uh, all the stuff you do as well. So this is fun. It's exciting for us. So Great. Yeah. And we're making history <laughs> here because this is two things. One, this is the first episode that I'm doing where I'm actually sitting on my couch. <laughs> and I'm kind of liking that. I might have to make this yeah. a thing moving forward. And then two, two, this is the first time we've done co-founders on an episode. Yeah, we're, we're excited for that. Uh, I always say it's like Batman and Robin. We don't know who's who, but we've just done everything from day one uh, as a duo. And it just it just always is better for us. So I'm sure it flips back and forth. One day you're Batman, one day, yeah. one day you're Robin. Absolutely. Right? Well, great. So let's jump right in. Like, um, what were you guys doing before you met? Were you, were you old buddies or like uh, it was a business thing? Like, how did this happen? That's a great question. So we, we've been in the MSP space for 20 plus years, both of us, and absolutely love the space and love what it does and, you know, the customer aspect to it. And so we have both worked at uh, different MSPs. I, I've worked at one that was as, as big as 90 million a year. And then we, we worked at one together, Chad and I, that was, you know, under a million bucks a year. And so that's where we first met. And we both just have worked at a lot of different MSPs. Uh, Chad can tell you about his. Uh, but we were working at one and met. And uh, frankly, for me, you know, I come from the administrative operations financial side of an MSP. And Chad comes from this technical engineer side. And really, I, I've just never, in all my travels, I've never met a smarter tech engineer than Chad. He just was off the charts. And so we struck up a friendship there and, and kind of went from there. So Chad, I don't know if you want to add in there. Yeah. Yeah. And before I met Bobby, like he said, uh, worked in the MSP space for a long time, uh, grew up in Idaho and actually loved technology and got started uh, early on doing tech support for software companies. And then uh, found myself at HP for a few years as a tech support agent and became a system administrator and just really fell in love with technology, but didn't fall in love with enterprise technology and, and, the, and the types of job positions you had there. And uh, once I worked at my first MSP, was in Cincinnati, actually, and uh, I just fell in love with it. So I've been in the space ever since. And then, yeah, like Bobby said, we met at an MSP and, and uh, at one point decided, you know what, we should do our own. <laughs> wow. So what were your positions at that MSP? So I was a... A CFO or controller, but you know, you wear many hats. Yeah. Everyone knows that, right? So I did office management and all the other stuff. And, you know, we worked for an owner that uh, was a great person, but really um, didn't have uh, the skill set or, you know, for operations and tech, all of it as a whole. He was just kind of winging it as he went. And, you know, and so that was my positions there. So, and I, I was a service manager, but it was a small MSP. So, also engineer, sales, technician sometimes, kind of holding everything. So how did this conversation start? Were you guys both still working there and you're like, maybe we should do this or did opportunity come up? Yeah, like tell me it. What's the story? Yeah, so we were, we were working there and then I actually had an opportunity uh, to go work for Aero Electronics, uh, you know, $30 billion or probably way more than that now uh, out of Denver, uh, Colorado. And so I became a director of operations there, but briefly because Chad and I were still talking. You know, we really are the MSP that we started was born out of frustration on our end. It really was. We, we'd worked again, 
with so many different MSPs. We just did not like a lot of the things we saw. It wasn't customer service driven. There was a lot of friction created, whether it be through through certain kind of contracts or uh, levels of service. There was all these things that we identified. And we also had another person to help us, which was somebody that later became my wife, uh, Andrea. And she was a, a marketing uh, branding guru. And so the three of us together kind of covered all the bases that we had seen throughout the years that were just missed. And not sometimes intentionally, you know, it's just a lot of times an MSP gets started by one tech or a tech and they either have an idea or, or they get an opportunity and they kind of start the business and go from there. And we get that and understand it. I think that's what is so unique sometimes with Chad and I and, and even Andrea and how we look at the MSP space and as business is that some of these key things get missed sometimes. And so, yeah, that's how it came together. And, and, and I was really happy that Chad said, yeah, let's do it. And uh, we went and found a little small office that we were, when we sat down at our desks, our backs were almost touching, <laughs> um, you know, just this little tiny office. And uh, we put the plan in motion and started going. And we grew the MSP really fast, really big. And, um, you know, our, our customer attrition uh, was just near to nothing. And so all the things that we thought before we started it that would be successful and work and, you know, be good framework did prove out to be true. And some of it was against what the industry preaches or says. Um some of it was in line with it, but uh, it, it just was, yeah, it's just been an awesome experience for us. So. so so tell me about your first first dollars. Like, did you guys leave the business, you know, leave your full-time jobs and then sort of start things up and go find clients? Or was it sort of like a transition period? Or did you see an opportunity for, you know, first dollars in the door, first client signed up? Yeah. So we knew what we wanted to do, put our our plan in place. We, you know, this, this, this is the services we're going to offer. This is how we're going to offer them. This is going to be our, our branding and marketing, that kind of thing. Even the name of the MSP, we wanted to be different. We didn't want it to have like technology in it, like Bob's technology or super fast, you know, technology, that kind of thing. And so the name of the MSP was Lime Tree Labs. Uh, we chose a name that we felt was marketable and different. In fact, we used to kind of joke that if our local competition was confused by it, then we've made a good choice in, in the name. And so, uh, but we put all that together. And like I said, we went and got the small office. We didn't have any customers yet. And we we said, we're, we're going to go with it, you know, and we're going to go out and do the sales part of it and that kind of thing. We did do, because again, we feel, we know we've been there. We've been in the trenches a long time. All these, So we did do a website. We did create a website right away to give us some seed money to get going. I think we charged 20 or 25K for it. And that gave us some seed money about three or four months. And we started that process in the end of January. And then by April, May, we finally had our first customer. <laughs> so it took a few months, you know, and it was a big law firm, which is great. And so it started off that way. And, and it was also great because Chad was able to put a bunch of time in and then, then the referrals start kicking in and that kind of stuff started going. And then again, following the process and the principles we wanted, we just, you know, that's when it just, the business just took off. So. Yeah. I recall we went from one to three to five in that first year Yeah, and it feels slow, but when you look back and go, oh, it's only really been nine months since that first customer and here we are. 
where, you know, maybe I don't have to live off of savings anymore. It felt good. What year was this when you guys started? That was in 2017. Wow. So, you know, relatively not that long ago. Yeah, not that long ago. And in, in fact, you know, again, I as we say all this stuff, I'm thinking of all the MSPs out there. I really am, you know, and we, you know, we had that first office, we're back to back. And then quickly we had to get another office because we outgrew that. And, you know, as it sits today, Lime Tree Labs is in a 7,000 square foot uh, office building, a class A space where, you know, we started in that in that one room and we kept having to move offices. We didn't want to, but because we kept growing. And so when we look back, it, it is pretty amazing because, you know, Chad and I had the experience all those years of working with some really good MSPs and also um, ones that that struggled. And we probably worked with more that struggled than ones that were good. And and we did pick up on a lot of things that just doesn't doesn't work. You know, it, you know, that whole growth mindset. And, you know, we were always at places that, that, you know, they'd lose about the same number of customers that they would get each year, you know? And so there's just always these roadblocks to growth. So we don't say these things in boast or like, you know, wow, look at us. We were very humble about it. We, and grateful. And, but we do say these things in a way of, hey, there is a way uh, and path in this industry and also growth in a stable way, you know? So our number one thing is is always it's a customer service business. Mm-hmm. It's technology second, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, because we were at places that, you know, we're trying to be highly remote. That was a, a thing for a while. Maybe it still is today, but, you know, there's highly remote, you know, and, and you're working with small to medium sized businesses, you know, law offices, doctors, CPAs, all these different, you know, businesses or small to medium businesses. And, they don't have anyone <laughs> to go around and do the hands-on stuff a lot of times. And, you know, for the majority of the market, that remote just doesn't work well. Now, there could be some customers, of course, that do want, you know, a highly remote presence. That's a totally different story. And especially in the market we were in, those small to medium businesses did not want that highly remote experience. But it was definitely being pushed by a lot of the MSPs we worked for the zeros and ones behind it all. And inevitably, we would be working at MSP and the customer at one point would have something happen. And then they'd say, I don't, I, we don't even know what you're doing for us. We don't see you, you know, so there's no relationship built. And the owner that we worked for would be like, I don't understand it. Their network's perfect. Their environment's perfect. And then he would go and meet with them and print off this big stack of tickets that were auto solved, you know, by the tool or system, you know, and, and try to prove that point to them. But what I'm saying is that the, the relationship part was just never the focus, really. Yeah. It's hard to get growth that way. Now, sales and marketing, that's another tough thing in this industry is like, okay, well, I know some MSPs that have grown very well without doing any. I've known some that have grown well and they've done it. And so there's all this thing. And, you know, we would say, yeah, you've got to have some sales and marketing. I, I think that has to be a piece of it. But your best way is growth through service delivery in this industry. We, we really believe that. It's growth through service delivery and setting up your MSP so that you can do that. And, you know, from the tools you use to the people you hire, all that should be centered around, hey, we're going to spend more time with customers on the business, you know, strategy development with employees, learning technology. We're going to spend time doing that and we're not going to spend a bunch of time in tools and 
all these other things, you know, that are just floating out there because they should work for you. Like the tools and all that stuff should work for you and not take from. But, you know, again, Chad and I have been in this industry a long time. And there is that kind of thing out there where people get kind of hooked into the whole tool thing and it's all they're spending their time on. And it just, we don't think it works. <laughs> so Chad, I imagine you had a big impact on uh, designing the the stack and, you know, the standardization. It, see, it sounds to me like you guys did a lot of standardization, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's definitely advantages, you know, starting out in 2017 when the market had certainly matured a bit. And then both of your backgrounds in MSP, you know, you know what ConnectWise and Datto and all the things are and what connects yeah. with what and all that. So what was it like in the early days designing both the tech stack and like the model on um, service delivery? I'm sure, Bobby, you had a lot to do with that as well. And not getting distracted on, hey, we're going to have 10 different backup options and, you know, all this cool, shiny cybersecurity stuff when just focus on the things that are going to be high impact and give your you know customers the best experience. Well, it's a good question. And, and I will admit that uh, I did get distracted sometimes by the shiny, <laughs> the shiny object. Let's do it this way. Tried five different RMMs in the first three years. You know, for a few minutes there, we were like, we're not even going to have ticketing. We're going to direct contact every customer. <laughs> of that's insanity. And the very start, yeah. Yeah. Within the first two years, really we're able to settle the, st the tech stack and then work on the standardization of, of doing it. But you are totally right that standardization was a big part of it. And what helped, what really helped and kept me from going down the rabbit hole with the cool tech toys that weren't moving the business forward, because we plenty of great tools that we needed to use, uh, it was focusing on the value to the customer. It was focusing first on, is this, an, is this giving the customer the outcome they want? So, you know, an example of that would be with one of our very first customers, when we, when we onboarded them, they had pretty new computers, but they all ran terribly. I mean, it was just awful. Like they have, were having a bad time. And uh, we couldn't justify that you need new computers because these things are they're only two to three years old at this point. But we looked at their experience. What is their experience? It, well, they have us, but they're still unhappy because their computers perform terribly. So, you know, we did things like refresh every single computer to bring it to our standard right? Full wipe and reinstall of every computer in the company. And we rolled that out slowly over the course of, of uh, two quarters. But at the end, by bringing them completely into our standard, kind of from the ground up, from the operating system on up, we standardized their experience. And so that was absolutely a big part of deciding what our stack is, how we're going to do things, what processes we're going to use, is does it get everybody to the same endpoint, you know, the same standard of a clean environment, low noise, happy, you know, happy customers and users. So was there a transition from the very beginning? Uh, I know you said that you had done a website for some seed money. And I'm sure when you have no customers and you just bet your futures on it and you're paying out of savings, a random project or, you know, they want to use this, you're a lot likely, more likely to give into that to get dollars in the door versus later when you're like, hey, we need to run efficiently. We need, you know, this margin, this everything. And to do that, we need this type of client who's going to submit to this stack. If there was one, what was that transition like? Um, and how did you go about it? Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. There's, you know, when you're starting out, you're starting out. That really is, you know, the way it is. And you, you are trying to 
work on different things just to you know keep the doors open and that kind of stuff, which we did, you know, different kind of customers and requests and stuff like that. But we always had a vision and, you know, we think that's really important. You just have to have that vision as an MSP, where you want to go and what you want to be. And I don't think there is just one, you know, way to be in this industry, you know, for an MSP, you know, maybe contracts is something that is good for their vision and where they want to be, you know, uh, or no contracts. We actually thought that it was better to have no contracts just to go month to month. But we had a vision of that and why that would be important and also a vision of how we would, you know, get evaluation later on and stuff. And so at, at first you do have to be a realist and know, hey, we're, we're trying to do what we can to keep the doors open, but with a vision of, of where you wanted to go. And so our vision definitely was, you know, we want to be a true MSP where we're providing a monthly service for a fee. We don't want to be doing break fix. We want to be eventually focus on a vertical kind of own that vertical to a certain extent and then maybe move to some others and and that kind of thing. And so one of the verticals we quickly became the the top in our marketing was legal. And so that was something we we did and then kind of went from there. But we did, did get to the point where uh, it was the vision we had of not having to do break fix or not maybe taking on a customer that didn't fit with how we provided service. And oftentimes we would refer that out to a different MSP that did do service the way that would work for them. And so, yeah, it's it's definitely not easy and it does take a little while. And I would say to, you know, MSP starting out, you know, even if you're six months a year or just thinking about, hey, we're going to, I'm going to start one tomorrow or, or next month is, you know, have that patience, keep your vision, keep working towards it and work towards the business that you see. I think the uniqueness in our industry, I think, is is wonderful, that there is a uniqueness to fill all these needs for all these different companies. And again, that small to medium, it's not enterprise customers, and it's, you know, it's small to medium, and they have different processes and, tech and, and things they do. They're all different. And so I think it's a wonderful mix. It's something that we should celebrate, is that there's different ways to take care of the customers. So, yeah, one of the things that really... Like Bobby was saying, when it came to finding the right customers and the right fit, that's one of the things you have to realize. You're not a fit for everybody. We had to understand that. We are not, we've, we felt real good about our service. We're, we're the best, right? We're the premium. We're the best experience. Well, wouldn't you know it? Not everybody actually wants that. Not everybody may actually need that. They may not need that level. And so that was, a, that was something we had, I had to learn definitely myself going along is that, yeah, you know, I could take really great care of them. We could really do a great job, but we're not the right fit. We have so many funny stories. Uh, one of them was we we thought we'd done a great job on pitching this company. Everything pointed to we were going to get them as a customer. All this stuff's great. And in the end, the decision maker said, you know, there's just too much to do. We don't think we would <laughs> we would need all that you do. And, and, this, and we thought, oh, no, like, uh, but, it, you know, that one sailed and, um, you know, but yeah. One of the other things we did, though, for the people who were a fit that helped to help with what you're talking about, about how do we get people to do our standard? How do we get people to agree to this or agree to that? We really did standard. We After about maybe year three, we had a really standard service offering and um, it became very big. We took ownership of everything. And it put a lot of risk on us, but it also gave us a lot of, it earned a lot of trust from our customers. So we didn't say, we think you need this and we recommend that. And 
you know, what do you want to do here? We would just take ownership of it all and say, you need this, you need this, you need this. It's going to give you the results you need. And if it doesn't, we deal with it. You know, we put in a firewall, didn't meet their needs. We bought the firewall back. It's not their problem. It's our problem. And by having that extreme ownership kind of uh, service, very quickly, our customers, they just deferred. They just started deferring. They're saying, you're giving me the business outcome I want. So I don't care. I don't care what you use, what your tools are, what your hardware is. We're making sure we're looking out for their bottom line. I ask them to buy unnecessary things. That over time, that became a really powerful thing. And we we stopped having to have conversations about you need this or that. We The conversation was, here's the service we can deliver you. Do you want it? Okay, we're done. We'll take it from there. And we got to the point where we're telling them, you need to change your phone vendor. You need to change your printer vendor. Yeah. And they just do it. Commerce would listen and they'd say, well, you know what? You haven't steered me wrong yet. And we're kicking out bad vendors and bringing in good vendors and getting everything you know, running smooth. Now, Bobby, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that before you guys started, you had prepared a spreadsheet that uh, had had the first, you know, probably 24 or 36 months planned out in terms of uh, revenues, uh, profits and losses. Thinking back to that spreadsheet, which sounds like did exist, did you guys do what you thought you would? Did it turn out the way that you projected or... Was it just, you know, reevaluate after a couple months and, and reproject? Yeah, yeah, I definitely did that. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my jam. You know, I, you know, getting into the numbers and that. And and yeah, I, I would say it did change. It, it did change. And I think that being flexible in a good way as an MSP helps you to just kind of be able to know, OK, well, we need to go here, or go there and be able to adjust in that way. But definitely watching your pennies helps. You know, it wasn't like we were flush with inheritance from somewhere and we had, you know, we could just do what we wanted. We always had to watch our, our pennies, but we we made sure we were never kind of stressed in a way that we couldn't make a decision that matched our vision. You know, we, we knew we had to maybe do some things to get to there. You know, the core of our vision, we never wanted to mess with that. And so that definitely helped, but it did change, you know, and, and I think even with offering service to customers, it changed in that we thought, well, maybe, well, we, we didn't anticipate that we were going to have to offer a certain service. And then we found out, okay, well, we probably need to. And then you have to say, okay, well, there's going to be some investment to do that and some time and that kind of thing. You know, for us, one of those things was phones. We wanted to go into it as just uh, MSP in terms of just IT service, let the printers, phones, all that stuff be handled by other people or other companies. But we found that all of our partners out there when it came to a VoIP solution was not good to us. And so the customer would be upset and they have direct access to us. And, and so we would get the blowback. And you know, we, we tried for many years to create a, a successful partnership and just never really happened. So. You know, so we decided to do, you know, our own solution. And, you know, I will just say that like OIT VoIP was just a, a blessing, manna from heaven for us because Ray and his team were just awesome. They they helped us and got us set up and that become another revenue line to the business that has been phenomenal and customers are happier and all that kind of stuff. And so 
you know, even from the spreadsheet of numbers or to like the business plan that was not originally in there, but it was easier to add that because of the pre-planning we'd done, you know, and then offer that service. It's just, and that's something else with MSPs, you know, is again, like Chad mentioned too, like really focusing on the customer of like, well, wait a minute here, the customer's having these issues, you know, how can we solve that? And I, and I think if you can solve it with a vendor or a partner and you stick to what you do best, I think that is a, a good solution. But if you can't, you need to figure out how you can provide it. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, in MSPs, everyone's going to know this when I, when I say it, but we're on the hook. We get the, you know, beat up for stuff and all the other vendors usually are, you know, they don't even know. So, yeah. Yeah, we had a, a little motto of uh, kill bad vendors before they kill you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's hilarious. And great shout out for Ray, uh, former you know alumnus of this show. I'm waiting for Jared to send me a message of the episode number so I can reference it. There's your cue, Jared. <laughs> so so uh, you guys have been in transition recently, like some, some big changes happening. Can we talk about that? Yeah, and you know, again, this was not part of the plan. And you know, again, episode we, ten, episode ten. Jared's quick with it. Sorry, got it. Okay, episode <laughs> episode ten. Yeah, with Ray. Episode ten is Ray. <laughs> Love Ray. Uh, so, you know, we had our vision and our plan for IT service or MSP. That really didn't change much, other than maybe adding some services and stuff like that. So, and that all went has has went well. All that stuff, but at some point for us. Um, we were still feeling some frustration with uh, tools out there, um, namely our PSA. You know, we found the RMM solutions out there to be really good, frankly, and getting better and new people coming in. You know, we Ninja RMM, when they first started, we thought that was just great. And now, now Ninja One, we still think that, I mean, they're just doing great. Another RMM that, that we uh, have come across level seems to be really really picking up. And so we liked that part of what was happening out there. And, you know, even with what you're doing, Jimmy, and some of these other products, like it's, we really like that. But for us, and again, you know, I'm not, I'm just saying for us, like the PSA was really just not fitting for us, you know, specific to an MSP. And so we, we've used everything out there, you know, and sometimes it's not specific. Sometimes it's MSP plus, you know, and one thing is, Internal IT departments and groups are so different than an MSP. I mean, it's just just completely different. And and then also just the way it's set up and, and how it how it flows for the business. We we just didn't see it out there. So we created one. We took a year and a half, got with a amazing development team, uh, actually even worked with a VC, made it legit, made sure that it wasn't going to go anywhere, that it's solid footing, you know, in a product. And we created Zest MSP, we call it Zest for short. And we don't even really like saying PSA, frankly, Jimmy. I mean, we just, because it, it's so different than than what's out there, you know, in, in a sense that we wiped the slate clean, Chad and I, and sat down and said, what exactly does an MSP need? And, and, and specifically to, you know, 80 to 90% of the teams out there, because most MSPs are, 20 employees or less, or, you know, it's just, it's just smaller teams and, and there's a lot of them and, and that's the way they want it. Again, we talked about that uniqueness to, to our industry of all these different companies, which we think is great. And so, you know, we wanted to build something that, that was transparent, that worked within that 
kind of framework. It wasn't enterprise level, any of that kind of stuff. And so it's been very challenging. And, and we were told we were crazy by many people. I mean, they've said, just do an add-on. Like the legacy stuff out there is too big, too strong, but just do an add-on, you know? And we just rejected that. We said, you know what? We're, we're going to find our you know, group, we're going to find the MSPs that, that see, wow, this is simple, easy, and it helps the whole business, not just, it's not just like ticketing and stuff, but actually helps, oh, am I keeping in touch with customers? Is that customer touch happening? You know, does everyone know in the whole org when a new ticket is not being addressed? All that kind of stuff uh, makes it a very unique product. And yeah. uh, in fact, we've had a, a lot of attraction to it. And, and so we're very tired as, as well. And But we like when people do the demos because it lets us kind of show that more in the product. But yeah, Chad? I was just going to touch back to, as we were building our MSP, we did not know that we had a framework. I mean, we had some plans. We had some things like Bobby was saying, things we've seen that lead to success, things that get in the way, roadblocks. As we looked back, we realized, oh, we did actually kind of have a framework And uh, what we really got frustrated with is we could not find any PSA tool, meaning the tool that you use to track the work you're doing. Uh, We couldn't find anything that would mesh with that framework that we, we found so successful. And in our past experience, we also found that that seems to be the way it works. The, these tools, PSAs that exist, they are, they're tools, but they don't presume how necessarily you're going to use them for success. You kind of have to figure that out yourself. And we just kept finding the tools we were using were, were getting in our way. One of the pillars of success, we kind of reevaluated what gave us that great traction with our MSP to give us these results that were really atypical. One of them was having it be a good place to work. I mean, our, our employee attrition was virtually non-existent because, which is, a challenge. I mean, one of my biggest problems in my career was always picking up somebody else's work when they quit. <laughs> and that got me stressed out, made me ready to look for a new, you know, a new place. So we always tried to get the friction out of the way for all of our technicians and employees. Uh, and the PSA was a big source of that friction. And those happy employees led to great service delivery that led to lots of referrals and good customer retention that led to growth, that led to more employee perks, right? And we look back and we can see this feedback loop of success that we had. And that's ultimately the one uh, burr stuck in our foot in, in, along the way was the day-to-day use of the PSA. And so that's why we, we started from absolute scratch and we said, what does a technician do? What does an engineer do? What does a salesperson do? And we built the product to enable doing those things in an MSP, that's it. Yeah, Don't Chad. It's not going to work elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, Chad, you touch on employee happiness and growth and stuff. And that, that got me thinking that we built up our MSP to start uh, where it was given every other Friday off. You know, you get, you get, yeah, you get paid, you're good. It's nothing changes, but you get every other Friday off. We wanted to do every Friday, but because of the industry, you know, you can't do it, right? Because the customers are, they're open Monday to Friday. So, but the employees were were understood that and they were stoked just with the other Friday off. But yeah, some you know, as a when I was at MSP GeekCon Did you did you split them? Like 
So yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Two different teams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We had to really think about it, Jimmy, because our first thought was every Friday, right? I just, you know, and then we're like, that's ridiculous. It's not going to work. But then we, yeah. So we, we staggered and structured and, and it works. And, you know, frankly, Fridays are more productive. It, it is amazing, but you know, and everyone knows, Hey, you got to keep this going. Like, you know, we can't, we got to keep it going to keep that every Friday. But well, one of the things when I was at MSP GeekCon was there was a, a tech there and and he said, the, you know, very in a very depressed tone, like he could uh, track his misery and his unhappiness and everything to timekeeping in timesheets, you know. And, well, Chad, and I understand we've been doing this, you know, we've been in the industry 20 years. And so what happens, we feel a lot of times is because the time tracking and timesheets, something so simple is difficult and friction with the tools out there that some MSPs just even give up. They say, well, that doesn't even matter. Why track your time? Just, you know, keep good customers, keep them happy. Why even do that? It's like, well, wait a minute now. Like, how do you know? What if you have a customer that's taking the majority of the time than the other? Because like, how do you even manage that kind of stuff? Well, we it's the number of tickets. Well, you can't do the number of tickets because, again, so time tracking is a thing. And it's a thing in every industry. I mean, the cold hearted side of me says, you know, thinks to MSPs and, and techs and engineers out there to say, hey, every other industry deals with it. If you're a CPA, you, you're tracking your time. If you're if you're an attorney, if you're in legal, you're tracking your like all professions have a, a core piece of that. We probably should quit, quit whining about it, maybe a little bit as an industry you know, and, and know that we're professionals. We are. This is a professional industry. We serve small to medium business are professionals. And, uh, right. So, so that's just one of the things that I'm just throwing that out there, Jimmy, because one of the things that, that we did was we made sure time tracking was just ridiculously simple and fluent and just all that. So it's just, that's just an example of like something we looked at that thought, wow, that's not thinking of, you know, because tech and engineers, they are doing so much so fast. The last thing they want is an arduous time tracking thing, you know. So, um, but yeah, uh, I, I heard that at MSP GeekCon. I thought, oh man, I we know how that goes. But in fact, Chad and I, before we created Zest and, and started using it, we only used to get about 50% of the time. It didn't matter what we tried. Reward, death and punishment. Like it didn't matter what we did. Our detection engineers just revolted and we'd get about 50% of the time. You know, the other 50% would be admin. Well, what is that? Well, I don't know. You, you can't even track it. Couldn't track it to a customer, you know, that kind of thing. And so anyways, that's one of the things that, that we built in. And, and after we did that, then we always got 98 to 99% of time, like flat out. Like it was awesome. So, but yeah. It was great. We're getting close to time here. So I want to ask some, some wrap up questions. The first being, you know, you guys did this together, right? Co-founder, partnership. There might be some people out there that are thinking about starting an MSP or, or maybe they're at an MSP and they want to go do it for themselves. I, I mean, I assume it's successful, but what would you say to that person if they're thinking about looking for or doing a partnership with, with somebody else that they may or may not have in mind? I believe in them. You know, as a very, I, I was very young in my early 20s, going to college and I I'd grown up uh, doing construction in high school. So I had this little painting company that I I did while I was going to college, early 20s. I tried to do it on my own. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I remember taking a trip and I get in a, I got a call. A bunch of doors fell down. One person had to go to the emergency room. You know, 
I, all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, and I had done other other little things too. But what what I find is in a partnership, you get that shared responsibility, you get that shared stress load. It's all shared. It's invigorating. It's it's a lot of times you know just pumps you up to have somebody else there and to keep you on task and all that. I, I see all the upside on partnerships. And really, a lot of my colleagues I have now and people I know, a lot of the really successful and you know companies that really do well do have some form of partnership or, or something in there. Yeah. You know, I, I I really believe in them. So, and I would just add, look for somebody if you're looking for somebody you're going to partner with, find somebody who compliments you and and fills in your weaknesses. I'm not a I'm not a super business savvy person. I'm not a great salesperson. I'm the I'm the tech guy, right? I'm the more behind the scenes guy and I, I definitely could never have done an MSP by myself. I did I didn't have the full skill set needed. It's incredibly rare that somebody does. And, you know, don't don't let your pride get in the way and make you think that you're good at every single thing you need to do to be a successful business. You can find somebody who can fill in the places you're not good at and, and do much better than you could. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Chad and I are, are almost exact opposites of <laughs> what we do. And we used to joke that it's it's mutual destruction, right? Like some people say, well, aren't you worried about like if Chad does this or maybe somebody said to Chad, aren't you worried about Bobby? And we'd say, you know what? It's mutual destruction. If we, we need each other. If we don't got each other, you know, we're in trouble. So we felt like that's been a huge positive. And so that's great, great advice, Chad, that, you know, go out and find some people that, that, take care of your weaknesses. I, I it's just, I love partnerships. I think they really do thrive. It's great. No, I can tell you guys are totally in and yang. It's awesome. It's awesome. So uh, any, any final sh- thoughts for our listeners here? Well, first of all, thank you, Jimmy. I, I, I really, you know, I mean it. I'm not saying it because you, you had us on, but we just, you're so interesting and in all the stuff you're doing, you know, cyber QP is amazing product and, you know, just thank you for having us on and, the last thing we'd say is this is an amazing industry. It's a, it's amazing the the customers you get to have, the the business you can build. You can build a business that's not stressful. That at some point you're not even doing day to day, you know, and it's just really flowing. And and we would say stick to those visions and that principle. Don't think that some product or some solution is going to solve, you know, the the business needs and what you what you have to do. Like have that you know, core, and then go get tools and stuff that kind of complement. That's what I'd say. Yeah. And I would just say, focus on your customers, make them happy. You will succeed. I mean, that's just the key to success in this business. It's great. It's wise advice. Well, thank you both. Uh, appreciate your time. Check out Zest MSP. If you're a listener, you know, you can see the great product that these guys have put together. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed this one. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy.